Dramatic Romance. My name, as usual, is Lee, and today's episode is Chapter 7 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, trigger warnings, content warnings, all that good stuff will be in the episode description, and as always, if I have missed any, please let me know. I'm happy to go back and add them. And... Oh boy! It's a lot today. I feel like every episode is a lot, but this one is a lot, a lot. This is the first time that we actually start talking about kink and we really get to see some more explicit opinions and viewpoints from both Christian and Anna about kink and BDSM. So it's a lot. And also, we hear a lot more about Christian and his relationship to food and the relationship that he expects Anna to have to food. Just, uh, just let you know that, uh, this may be a tough one for those of you who don't really like talking about food. We start out with Anna in the doorway to Christian's playroom and it takes, like, over a page. Like, the entire first page is just describing the the room in detail. Blood red walls, dark wood paneling huge assortment of BDSM toys. You know, there's a spanking bench, there's a St. Andrew's cross, there's a gigantic bed with the mattress covered in leather. There's, you know, carabiners and stuff for suspension. Of course, Anna doesn't describe any of this with the knowledge that (laughs) I am bringing to this. Anyway, we don't have to go into it. Um, What stuck out to me from her description of the room is that she thinks that the soft lighting kind of makes it look soft and romantic, even though she knows it's anything but, which again, I've said this once, I'm gonna say it a million times, kink can and often is can be and often is extremely romantic, extremely soft, up to and including during a spanking, (laughs) which I know is kind of a lot for a non-kingster to take in, maybe, but it's true, I promise. There's a lot of romance in kink. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be reading a lot from the book today, so you might get some page-turning sounds. Hope you don't mind. So she's standing there taking this all in. She thinks, what is the appropriate response to finding out a potential lover is a complete freaky sadist or masochist. Fear. Yes, that seems to be the overriding feeling. Which, here's the thing. If you're a kinky little subby little sub, yeah, sometimes fear comes into it. Sometimes fear comes into play. Sometimes you think about your dominant trying a new toy on you or like hitting you harder than you've ever been hit before and you're like, (laughs) I'm terrified. But here's the thing. There's also some excitement in there and there's also some like, I'm terrified, but sign me up. And if you're not kinky or you don't conceptualize yourself as kinky and you are like Anna standing on the threshold of entering into a kinky relationship, yeah, maybe some nerves are are kind of appropriate and kind of uh, normal, but if that's all there is, if there's not that little bit of like, yeah, but I kind of want to try it though, feel free to leave. Feel free to not engage in that relationship and just kind of assume that this partner is not going to be compatible with you and your desires are not going to be compatible with their desires, and that's okay. You know, this relationship isn't for you, and that's fine. You know, I like, even if it's going to be kind of painful to say goodbye to this person, even even if you really like them for a lot of reasons, don't feel pressured to try shit you don't want to try if that's the only way that they're going to be satisfied in a relationship with you. Especially this early on, the way that Christian and Anna have only known each other for like, I don't know, the time frame's not entirely clear here, but like, it can't have been more than like a month, I'm guessing. Probably much less than that. So anyway, that's that. Oh yeah, 
so she asks, do you do this to other people or do other people do this to you? And he says, I, I'm not going to find the exact quote, but he says something along the lines of like, I do it to women who want, who want me to do it to them. And Anna says, if you have willing volunteers, why am I here? Which like, yeah, good fucking question. There's plenty of submissive women out there for you, Christian. Like you don't have to chase down the most innocent, vanilla, pure, sheltered girl you can possibly find. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I've said this before and I'm pretty sure I'll say this again, but the types of quote unquote doms that I have come across in my experience who specifically seek out inexperienced, sheltered, vanilla women to try to like induct them into the secret dark rituals of BDSM or what the fuck ever they're pretty toxic and they're specifically seeking out women who are going to be easy abuse victims because they don't know enough to say actually this is not how BDSM works and actually you're crossing my boundaries and that's not okay and yeah you best believe that this series helped those kinds of fucking doms out by saying oh you can be the Anna to my Christian and I promise I will teach you how this works and not at all deceive you and say I get to do whatever I want and you don't get to say shit about it because that's how BDSM works. Like it's it's such a skeevy thing to do to say I will teach you and I am the only source of information you need and just trust me. Just trust me. I would never abuse you. What? No. So anyway, oh man this page, this fucking page. There's so many quotes that I could read. I'm a dominant, Christian says. What does that mean? I whisper. It means I want you to willingly surrender yourself to me in all things. Anna says, why would I do that? To please me, he whispers as he cocks his head to one side, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which like, yeah, that's part of it. That's part of being a sub is pleasing your dom is fucking fun. <laughs> if you are wired in that way, but that's not all there is to it. And I, I will come back to that in a second because there's other quotes that I want to read. Uh, so he says, I want you to please me. Anna says, how do I do that? Christian says, I have rules and I want you to comply with them. They are for your benefit and for my pleasure. If you follow these rules to my satisfaction, I shall reward you. If you don't, I shall punish you and you will learn. Which again, yeah, that's one way that a kinky relationship can look. Usually, it it doesn't start with one person saying, okay, these are my rules. This is how I have a kinky relationship. And you get to do everything that I have already decided that I want you to do. Again, the experienced kinksters that I have talked to or, like, read from or whatever who have t I've heard talk about entering into a new relationship with a new kinky person, whether that be in the dominant role or the submissive role or a switchy role or whatever, the sign of a good kinkster and someone who's going to be kind of good at building a relationship with you is that they will be interested in your kinks and they won't just come in with, okay, these are all of my kinks and this is how I am in a kinky relationship and blah 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 and like yeah okay if there are a few kinks that you absolutely cannot live without and are completely core to your enjoyment of your sexuality and or your relationship that's fair you're allowed to have kinks that if the other person absolutely is not willing to try them that's a deal breaker that's totally fine and that's a completely valid reason to not be with someone but to some extent you kind of have to be like okay what are you into what are your kinks? What are you curious about? Maybe 
do some research on them. See if you can kind of get into them, maybe. See if there's a way that you can kind of fit a new kink into your existing kinks. Get interested in them. Your partner should be doing the same thing about your kinks that they don't share. And if there's not that kind of mutual, like, seeing where your kinks align, seeing where they might be able to align in future, like, seeing how you can sort of mesh your different kinky weirdness together, it's probably not going to be a great relationship unless, you know, the dom comes in and is like, here are all of my kinks, here are all of my rules, and the submissive just happens to be like, great, those are exactly the things that I want out of a relationship. But let's face it, like, the chances of that situation happening are pretty much fucking zero. There are whatever the fuck, 7 billion people on this planet, and uh, not all of them are kinky, but out of the ones that are kinky, there are potentially that many different ways to be kinky, because everyone is, like, weird and perverted in their own ways, and that's great, and that's part of what makes kink fun. Anyway, more on that later. So... Anna says, okay, and what do I get out of this? He shrugs and looks almost apologetic. Me, he says simply. No! No, 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 that's not how this works. That's not how dominance and submission works. You get so much more out of submitting than just, ooh, hot guy dominant partner. That's, that's so ignorant and uninformed. I just, I just have to laugh. Fake laugh, hiding real pain. Where do I even start with this? There are, I mean, like I just said, there are potentially as many things to get out of submission as there are submissive people in the world. I mean, depending on who you are as a submissive and what your dom wants to do with you, there's, you know, masochism, enjoyment of pain. There's enjoying pain because you're enjoying that your dom wants to hurt you. There, I'm, I'm getting too specific. I could, this list could be like an hour long, but there are so many things that you can get out of submission. You can get, yeah, satisfaction uh, from pleasing your dom. You can get a sense of safety and, you know, I, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I get out of being submissive because otherwise this section of the podcast alone could be like an hour long because there are so many different things that a submissive might want and might get out of a kinky relationship. So here are some of the things that I get out of being submissive. I have anxiety, so when I can just hand control over to someone within the boundaries of what we've negotiated that I will be handing what control over to this person, of course, but once we have negotiated that and agreed on that, and I can just say, okay, here's a decision that you can make for me, or here's something that you can do for me that I no longer need to worry about, and I can just trust that you know me well enough and you care about me enough that you will make a decision, you will make a call that will benefit me. Oh my god, what a relief. Holy shit. As an anxious person, it can be so difficult to be in charge of my own life day to day and make my own decisions day to day. And so being able to take a few of those decisions off my plate is so good. <laughs> it's so nice. Similarly, like things like one piece of protocol that I have with my girlfriend is that whenever we're eating at a restaurant together, she's the one who orders for me. So that is one less human interaction that I have to stress about. And that's great. That's so fantastic. Like, I don't know if people who don't have anxiety will realize fully this, but <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I'm a masochist, so... 
I enjoy getting spanked. I enjoy getting hit. I enjoy uh, pain play in other ways. You know, I like being scratched. I like being bitten, etc., etc. So the pain play aspect of kink and BDSM is definitely one of the things that I get out of it as a submissive. What else? I thrive on routine. I'm a Taurus. I'm also probably on the autism spectrum. I'm self-diagnosed, but you know, uh, probably somewhere on the spectrum. I thrive on routine. (laughs) I love it. So when we can just decide if A, then B, and we can put protocols in place, oh, that makes my life so much easier. It makes me feel so much better. On work day, on work mornings, I get up with my girlfriend, I make her breakfast, I pack her lunch, and help her get out the door. And that makes me feel so good on so many levels. One, because that's a routine. It gets me out of bed a lot earlier than I would otherwise get out of bed as someone who works from home. You know, it's a reason for me to get up and then I'm already up, so I might as well start my day. Also, I am a definitely a service sub, so I have... I get servicey satisfaction from doing something that brings her joy. I don't know. I, I could, I could go on for a while. Um, there's also this like intimacy that comes from being in such a vulnerable place with someone, engaging in kink with someone. Whether that's trusting someone to beat you in the way that you want and the way that you're okay with, or from the other end of it, tr- having someone trust you to beat them. God, that's terrifying. I can't imagine and. <laughs> You know, I, I it's 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 a huge amount of trust or doing something else that is taboo in some other way and it, and makes you incredibly vulnerable in some other way. Tying someone up and trusting them to get you out of there if you get if you're in trouble. You know, pissing on someone and and trusting that they're going to want to look you in the face again after you do that. That's there's so much taboo around uh certain bodily fluids and it's just I I mean the list goes on. It's it's such a vulnerable thing to do in in so many ways. And so when you get through that experience together and especially if you come out the other end and you're both like, "Yeah, that was fucking fun. Let's do it again." There's such a deep bond and connection that is formed because of that. And, and you know, I don't want to say that, like, kinky relationships are more deeply loving than vanilla relationships or they're, like, more valid or whatever, because I don't think that's true. I, I think that vanilla people can be absolutely deeply, completely in love, whatever. But um, for me, as a kinkster, there's, there's just such a deep connection that forms with someone who I go through a kinky experience with and so that's it's it's beautiful and I love it and that's another thing I get out of submitting so anyway there's a lot more (laughs) that you get out of submission to a hot domly partner than just getting to be around the hot domly partner and if all that they are giving to you in return is their presence, that's not a very good fucking dom, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there are people out there who like that ar- arrangement and all they need is the presence of hot dom in their life. But uh, if if you want more, if you want more of a give and take out of this relationship and you're not getting it, absolutely get, get out. <laughs> Walk out that fucking door. So next up, Anna thinks Kate had said he was dangerous. She was so right. I mean, yeah, 
but not for the reasons you're thinking. Being a dominant, being a sadist, being into BDSM does not make you dangerous, does not make Christian dangerous. What makes him dangerous is the fact that he is a creepy stalker who uses his money and power to, like, bully this girl into a relationship with him and also is, like, very bad at kink also as well. Page 102. I'm reading a paragraph for you. My mouth presses in a hard line. This is what I cannot reconcile. Kind, caring Christian who rescues me from inebriation and holds me gently while I'm throwing up into the azaleas, and the monster who possesses whips and chains in a special room. Again, being kind and caring and being dominant are not mutually exclusive. Like, even if your dom persona, I guess, or your dom headspace is, like, this strict, ruthless disciplinarian, which is absolutely one way to be dominant, by the way, um, even if that is the case for you, when you're outside of a scene, when you're outside of headspace, there is nothing stopping you from being kind and caring to your partner or partners. And in fact, you probably fucking should be, if unless that's not what they want. But you know what I'm saying. Like, rough kink, extreme scenes, extreme situations is not at all mutually exclusive or even necessarily disconnected from being kind and soft and loving and affectionate to your partner. There is absolutely a way to be beating your partner up and bruising them and, like, causing all sorts of marks on them in a kind, loving way. <laughs> and, you know, maybe that's leaning over to whisper in their ear about what a good girl they are, what a good little pet they are, or whatever, how well they're doing it, how well they're, they're taking these hits for you. And, you know, there's a way to tie someone up in an incredibly uncomfortable situation and in an incredibly uncomfortable way and, like, kind of predicament bondage and, and just completely torture them and, and be loving about it and being, be like, you know, this, this brings me joy because it brings you joy or, or, you know, I know you and you love this because it brings me joy because I love torturing my little pet or whatever i don't know um I, I don't i don't have a dom voice because i'm not or maybe that's you know you go through the whole scene being incredibly strict with them and incredibly tough on them and then after the scene you untie them and and you just hold them in your arms and you're just like very very affectionate with aftercare if that's what they need or that's what they want like there there are just so many ways for kink to be caring and kink to be soft and kind and affectionate and romantic and lovely and all of those different adjectives and you know neither christian or anna realizes that because the author doesn't realize that because society doesn't teach that so anyway at this point they move into the kitchen because christian's like you are going to eat food and anna is understandably a little bit freaked out right now because this is like the worst possible way to reveal to a vanilla person what you are into so she's not hungry but christian's like you will eat so meanwhile uh he says i'm fully aware this is a dark path i'm leading you down again no also, again, not the way to frame kink. 
for a vanilla person that you are, you know, trying to see if they'd be open to be kinky with you. And also that's not what kink has to be. It doesn't have to be all like, you know, dim lighting and dark leather and fucking industrial electronica music. Like it it can be sparkly and pink and soft and cute or it can be kind of dirty and grimy and like spanking someone with a tree branch behind, you know, in the woods behind their house. Like it it <laughs> it can be cottagecore it can be glam it can be punk it can be whatever you want it to be there is not one way for kink to look or feel or you know anything like that and i'm i'm fully aware that he he doesn't just mean dark aesthetically um there's also so much kink shame in there that it's like this terrible dark secret that they now have to keep together no no, it's 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 a different style of sexuality. It's a different style of relationship. It's it is whatever you make it. And again she says, "Why me?" And Christian is like, "Oh, I'm like a moth to a flame. There's there's something about you. I can't resist you." Like, bro, fuck off. Like if you're if you got the hots for her and she wants to try kink with you, great. But if not, like there are tons of subby women out there. But also from a writer's standpoint, it's like, oh, she's special. She's the chosen one. She will change him, but first she must let him lead her down this dark path into his secret world. And only then can she rescue him from his demons, which... Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a whole fucking lot to unpack in that in terms of just the disproportionate proportionate amount of emotional labor that women are expected to do for the men in their lives and especially the men in romantic relationships with them in terms of quote-unquote fixing them and like taming their bad boy ways or whatever which is absolutely not your responsibility to all of my uh women and femmes out there if he's not ready to be in a relationship, that's on him. That's on him to get help and work through whatever shit he has to work through to be a decent human being. Because trust me, if you cannot be a decent human being to yourself, you cannot be a decent human being to someone else. And I, I, I don't even mean that in the, in the like, oh, you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else, because that's bullshit. Because people with low self-esteem and with depression and with, you know, unpleasant thoughts about themselves fully deserve romantic relationships and fully deserve to be loved in, in any aspect, romantic, platonic, familial, whatever. And sometimes seeing yourself loved by someone else can help you love yourself more. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if he is being an asshole, if he is taking out his trauma on p other people, absolutely he will take his trauma out on you and it is your, not your responsibility to help him work through that. Especially if he doesn't want to work through it. If he's just being a shitty person, you know, there's that cliche like they have to want to change. And I, it's, it's a cliche for a reason because trust me, you cannot change someone who doesn't want to change. They will just ignore all of your attempts and it will be increasingly frustrating for both of you or all of you that are involved and just don't just like protect yourself at a certain point you have to just fucking protect yourself and get out of there so they're still talking and she's not eating because she's not hungry and after the third time 
the third time that Christian commands her to eat, she finally stands up for herself a bit and is like, I'm not your submissive yet. I haven't signed anything yet. Shut the fuck up. Not in those exact words, but I'm I'm happy for her. I'm glad she stood up for herself at least a little bit. She says, will you hurt me? And he says, I will punish you when you require it. Uh, no. Wrong answer. Try again. The correct answer is either, yes, I will hurt you if that's how we decide to go forward with this relationship, or I am a sadist and hurting you is the only way I can get off, or it's one of my deal breakers that if I am not hurting you, I, like, physically, I am not enjoying this relationship, so do with that what you will, but that's a deal breaker for me. Or something along those lines. There's no mention of her consent. There's no mention of negotiating whether or not physical pain has a place in this relationship. He's just, again, he's just coming into this with all of the decisions already made about how she will fit into this relationship, and that's not how any relationship works. Vanilla or kinky, if you come in with a preconceived notion of like, this is what this person is going to be to me, and this is the role that this person is going to fill in this relationship, like, at that point, you're not ready for a relationship because then you're not having a relationship with the actual person standing in front of you. You're having a relationship with the fantasy of your ideal partner that you've built up in your head. And so you are going to walk over a lot of boundaries, miss a lot of needs that need to be fulfilled, and just miss out on having a relationship with this really great person in front of you. That's like, doesn't matter what you're doing in the bedroom. It doesn't matter if you're engaging in kink or not. Hell, it doesn't matter if you're having a sexual relationship or not. You need to look at the person standing in front of you and have a relationship with them, not with the version of them in your head. So he shows her the contract, or at least part of it. Um, he shows her his rules or I guess you might call them protocols. I don't know, I guess it's broader than protocols. And I'm just gonna read this aloud and kind of live react to it on mic here. So section one is obedience. The submissive will obey any instructions given by the dominant immediately, without hesitation or reservation, and in an expeditious manner. The submissive will agree to any sexual activity deemed fit and pleasurable by the dominant, excepting those activities that are outlined in hard limits. Appendix 2. Because yes, this fucking thing has an appendix. Or appendices, I guess. She will do so eagerly and without hesitation. So, actually, first of all, before we get into the, the contract, let's just talk for a moment about why contracts, why signing a contract at the beginning of a kinky relationship is a bad fucking idea. First of all, because that's not how, how relationships work. It's not. You cannot, at the beginning of a relationship, look forward into indefinite future and say, this is how our relationship is going to look one year from now, three years from now, ten years from now. This is the trajectory that our relationship is going to take. That's not how that works. That's not how life works. And so coming into a relationship with all of these expectations at the beginning is just setting you up for fucking failure. Second of all, that's not how you do kink together. I kind of talked about this earlier in the episode, but ideally getting to part of the getting to know each other process is getting to know each other's kinks and specifically getting to know how the other person's kink manifests for them specifically. You take something like a piss kink. Are you interested in your, your piss? Are you interested in your partner's piss? Or both? 
Um, do you want to be peed on? Do you want to pee on someone else? Do you want to drink pee? Do you want to have someone control when you're allowed to go pee? Um, where you're allowed to go pee? Do you want to, are you interested in being like a human toilet? Is that like, there's so many different ways that any given kink could and does <laughs> manifest in the world like just knowing the name of a kink that someone is into does not g give you even close to all of the information that you need in order to engage in that kink with them and again you know if if there's a kink that you have that your partner does not there's the process of figuring out you know how can we kind of incorporate this kink into your existing kinks so that we can so that I can indulge in this kink that is really important to me and you can also get something out of it even if you necessarily wouldn't be into it in the exact same way that I am negotiation is a process when you and 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 figuring out where your kinks are compatible and where they might not be and where you can maybe make them compatible that's all a process of getting to know each other and and continuously negotiating and that cannot be accomplished by sitting down for one day and writing out a contract and saying, okay, these are the kinks we definitely will engage in in our relationship, and these are the kinks we definitely will not engage in in the relationship, or, or these are the protocols that we will have in this relationship, because, like, especially for someone like Anna, who is, is very new to kink, if she does, does decide to get into kink and do some research, she's in for a whole ass journey of discovery, like, I... I I've, I've had kinks that I kind of knew I was into from the beginning, and I have a lot of kinks that I only discovered later on, and I was like, oh, I am into that, and actually I'm really fucking into that, and it's a, it's a really core part of who I am as a kinkster, but I didn't know until like a year or two or even more years into being kinky, and like your relationship to each other is gonna change. And shit, I don't know, Anna might decide she wants to be a switch. We don't know. Or she might decide she wants to be a dom and she doesn't actually want to be submissive anymore. Like, there's there's so many things that can and will change over the course of your relationship. The other thing is, putting all of the negotiation into one contract feels like such a good way to then, you know, have the dom be like, okay, now I can do whatever the fuck I want to you within these rules that we established weeks or months ago. And that's a really good way to cross boundaries. And negotiation needs to happen before every scene. It doesn't have to be an hour of negotiation, depending on the scene. It can be once you get to know each other and know each other's kinks and likes and dislikes and limits and whatever, it can be five minutes of negotiation. But it does need to happen before every scene because sometimes I'm going to really want you to spank me as hard as you possibly can until I get bruises all over my ass. And other days, I'm really not up for that. Maybe I'm even still up for spanking, but not that intensive a spanking. Some days you're going to be up for things that you're not always up for. And if you're not negotiating that beforehand, hand? Well, fuck. What if your dom really wants to fist you and you're really like, I am not good with extreme penetration today, like, at all. Please leave me alone. Or, like, please leave my pussy alone. I mean, that can cause anywhere from, you know, having to awkwardly stop the scene to having something outright traumatic be done to you, depending on how strongly averse you are to whatever it is that's happening. You know, that's the thing about kink, is that we're 
a lot of kinksters are playing with some kind of edgy stuff and some kind of traumatic stuff. And it can be a really positive way to work through, you know, anxieties or traumas or whatever it is you're working through, but it, it can also re-traumatize you if it's not done right. And so therefore, negotiate before every scene. This has been a PSA. Let's get back to the contract. To recap, the submissive will obey any instructions given by the dominant immediately without hesitation. The submissive will agree to any sexual activity deemed fit and pleasurable by the dominant. It goes into more detail in that, but that's the basic idea. Yeah, that's one way to have a relationship with a dom, but uh, you don't have to. You can even, like, you don't even have to be, like, 24-7 available for any kind of sex that the dom wants anytime because sometimes you just got shit to do and you don't have time to, like, drop everything and go fuck your dom. Sometimes you're on your period and your cervix is low and penetration is painful, so you don't want to, you know, get fucked by your dominant in that moment. There are lots of ways to kind of role play as sexually available at any time for your dom because like, yeah, that's fucking hot. I, I would love to do that kind of thing, but I would want to put some boundaries around that. I would want to put a box around it. Um, so maybe you are only completely sexually available for your dominant on certain days. And maybe that's certain days of the week. Maybe that's certain days of the month. Maybe that's a conversation that you have every so often and, you know, figure out can I be my dom's sex toy today? Is, am I up for that? You know, it's, it's not an all or nothing 24-7 thing. Although I guess right now, actually, they did discuss they would be seeing each other Friday through Sunday and then be apart during the weeks. So, whatever. But, but still, even three days a week, that, that can be kind of a lot. And if you don't want to commit to that, that's valid. Sleep. The submissive will ensure she achieves a minimum of seven hours sleep a night when she is not with the dominant. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> y'all, people have lives. Your sub has a life. Food. Here we go. We're talking about food again. The submissive will eat regularly to maintain her health and well-being from a prescribed list of foods, which is Appendix 4. The submissive will not snack between meals with the exception of fruit. That's a lot. That's a lot to be springing on someone, especially because so many people do have such a traumatic relationship with food, and especially women have such a complicated and often negative and even traumatic relationship with food, with diets, you know what I'm saying? So that could really trigger someone. That's, that's something you need to bring up a lot more gently than slapping a piece of paper in front of them and saying, this is how you're going to be eating when you're with me. Also, metabolisms work differently. So if four meals a day and no snacks except fruit works for you, great. But um, I've actually found that like snacking frequently between meals is the best way for me to eat because otherwise my blood sugar gets low as fuck. And I'm talking like a snack every hour, just about, or, or at least every two hours. And sometimes fruit hits the spot, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you need a little protein. Also, what if she just doesn't want you to be her fucking dietitian as well as her dom? Like, that's, that's valid. Fuck off, dude. Clothes. During the term, the submissive will wear clothing only approved by the dominant. The dominant will provide a clothing budget for the submissive, which the submissive shall utilize. The dominant shall accompany the submissive to purchase clothing on an ad hoc basis. If the dominant so requires, the submissive shall wear during the term any adornments the dominant shall require in the presence of the dominant and at any other time the dominant deems fit. Christian, 
In addition to wanting a professional sub rather than just like an actual, okay, not actual, because that's professional subs are actual subs as well. You want a pro sub. You also want a sugar baby, which like, yeah, some sugar relationships are also kinky and the sugar baby is also the submissive, but that's not always how it works. And that's not what everyone wants out of a relationship. And also... Again, controlling what your submissive wears, that's something I'm into. That's something, like, I love dressing up for my dom. I, I love when, when she has input on what I'm wearing during the day, which reminds me of a, a protocol that I need to fulfill uh, once I'm done recording. But anyway, that's not beginner level stuff. That's like, I mean, okay, Anna has made it clear that she doesn't really care about fashion, so maybe she would feel differently about this. But for me, I'm someone who has a very distinctive style and I work hard to curate that style. And so if I'm handing over control of what I wear to someone else, that is a huge amount of trust. And that's going to take a lot of negotiation. And so that's not necessarily a level one, you know, just starting out in the relationship type of thing. Because, I mean, that's handing over control of how you look and how you present yourself to the world. That's kind of a lot for some people. Exercise. The dominant shall provide the submissive with a personal trainer four times a week in hour-long sessions at times to be mutually agreed between the personal trainer and the submissive. The personal trainer will report to the dominant on the submissive's progress. Again, this is not level one shit. That is a lot of control to give over to someone. Additionally, again, a lot of women have some pretty traumatic experience with exercise and trying to stay quote-unquote in shape, i.e. skinny, and also reporting on her progress. What kind of progress are we talking about here? Are we talking about building muscle strength? Are we talking about maintaining a certain weight? How do we decide on that weight? How are we, what is the guarantee that that weight is going to actually truly be healthy for any given person rather than just upholding a societal standard of quote-unquote beauty or even these days quote-unquote a healthy weight? Because healthy does not look like skinny on every person. In fact, it looks like fat on a lot of people and that's okay. You can be in really good shape and be fat, and that is perfectly okay, but our society deems it unhealthy. That's a completely different rant. Anyway, again, that's a lot to just fucking drop on someone. Personal hygiene slash beauty. The submissive will keep herself clean and shaved and or waxed at all times. The submissive will visit a beauty salon of the dominant's choosing at times to be decided by the dominant and undergo whatever treatments the dominant sees fit. Again, that's giving someone a lot of fucking control over what you look like, how you present yourself both to the world and to the dominant. Not everybody likes to shave. Not everybody likes to wax. Not everybody likes to have, you know, fucking fake acrylic nails or whatever the hell else he would, was planning on having her do. And again, this is not you having a relate. This is not him having a relationship with the woman in front of him. This is him turning the woman in front of him into the fantasy of the sex doll that he wants, which is not how you have a ro romantic relationship. If you want to just have this fantasy of someone, hire a sex worker. I guarantee you, you can find a sex worker who caters to your tastes. 
And okay, yeah, it's fine to like discuss some of this and maybe your submissive will want to have you make sure that they maintain their waxing or whatever the fuck it is. That is a thing that happens and that's totally a valid way to be in a kinky relationship. But I feel like a broken record at this point. That's something that you have to negotiate with your sub and that's something you have to mutually agree on and figure out how does the sub want this to look? How does this fit in to what the submissive's sense of style and sense of presenting themselves, like what does that already look like and how can we work with that to make this into a role play that we're both gonna enjoy versus this is what I want you to look like, this is what you're gonna do whether you like it or not. Because that's not, again, that's not how to have a relationship with the person standing in front of you personal safety. The submissive will not drink to excess, smoke, take recreational drugs, or put herself in any unnecessary danger. Again, that is a lot of control to hand over to someone over your life. And finally, personal quality. The submissive will not enter into any sexual relationships relations with anyone other than the dominant. Okay, so we're building monogamy right into this relationship. That's valid if that's what you want. The submissive will conduct herself in a respectful and modest manner at all times. She must recognize that her behavior is a direct reflection on the dominant. She shall be held accountable for any misdeeds, wrongdoings, and misbehavior committed when not in the presence of the dominant. I'm yelling right now because I'm fucking angry. I need to take a breath or two here. Okay. As usual, prefacing this with, if that's how you want to be in your kinky relationship, that's valid. If that's what the dom and the sub both agree to, great, fine, live your life, chase your bliss. However, I feel like that is like a, 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 I can't even talk, over and away, like above everything else that he has listed in this contract so far. Like a lot of it was giving up so much control. This one I feel like is the most control that you're giving up. You are living by the dominance rules, whether you're together or not, whether you're in scene or not. That's so much. Like, that's giving up your personhood. That's giving up your independence, even outside of scene. Which is a thing that some people want, and I get that, and I, I, I'm so happy for you. Do what you want. But a lot of kinky people, a lot of submissives, that's not how they do. And in fact, in my experience, personal and with a lot of the submissive type people that I have interacted with and heard from, a lot of us are like strong, independent people outside of headspace. And it is the very act of giving up control within this one box in our lives that allows us a little bit more, you know, headspace and a little bit of stress relief so that we can go back out into the world and be even more confident in doing whatever the fuck we want to when we're not following our dominance orders. And the idea of every every action that I take reflecting directly back onto my dominant and like treating me as if my existence and the way I move through the world is nothing but a prod- product of how the dominant is quote-unquote training me. I hate that. I fucking hate that. And like, again, I just want to stress, if that's what you want out of a DS relationship, go for it. You're valid. But that is hugely, absolutely not level one, something that you introduce to a vanilla person right away. That is 
so much. That's so much trust that has to be built between you. That's so much willingness that the submissive has to be to, to give up so much of themselves. Even if both of you entering into this relationship are hardcore kinksters, and that's like the ultimate goal is to have this person following your rules 24-7 whether you're together or not, I would strongly recommend not starting out like that in a new relationship. I would say that's something you add in, you know, two or three years down the line or more. That is heavy, heavy shit. And you know, I'm sure it can be amazing and fulfilling for a lot of people. Again, I don't want to say that this is blanket, just a bad idea and not something you should do because that's what not, that's not why I'm here. But I am saying that is so much commitment so early in a relationship that that just absolutely feels ripe for abuse if you don't, if both of you don't absolutely know what you're doing and absolutely know that if any lines are crossed, you can stick up for yourself, you can get out of the situation, you can do whatever you need to do to keep, to keep yourself safe. And right now, Anna is absolutely not in a position to do that because she does not know how a healthy BDSM kink relationship actually works. So, oh yeah, final thing, failure to comply with any of the above will result in immediate punishment, the nature of which shall be determined by the dominant. And again, if you want to have reward and punishment built into your BDSM relationship, that's valid. I'm not going to stop you. But, and this is really important, and this is not talked about nearly enough, I, I don't think, in, in especially in vanilla circles, you do not have to have punishment as part of your BDSM relationship, as part of your DS dynamic. You are not any less of a sub if you don't want to be punished when you fuck up. You are completely valid. And in fact, you know, speaking from my own experience and from some other people's experience that I've heard, I want to submit because partly in part because it's a space where I can set myself up to succeed. If I fail at a task, if I don't complete a protocol, if I fuck up when I'm making my dom coffee or whatever, believe me, I am punishing myself for it immediately because this is a space where I feel really vulnerable and it is really important to succeed at this task. Not only because it's something I want out of submission is, is that little feeling of success, but it's also, you know, I... I'm really invested in making my dom happy because I'm a servicey little sub and I, I want to do things right for her and uh, I really don't need to be punished anymore in that moment and in fact what I need is reassurance that I'm still a good sub, that I'm still a good kitty, and it's okay that I didn't do everything perfect this time. And I, I think if I was punished for my failures within a kink context, it would just make me anxious about doing protocols, and it would make kink something that induces anxiety in me. And I really don't fucking want that, because I want it to be my oasis from anxiety, and also it's something that's really important to me, and, and I already struggle with doing a lot of things that are important to me because of anxiety and I don't need one more thing added to that list. So anyway, you are completely 100% valid if you don't want to be punished. You are still doing kink completely 100% correctly if you don't want to be punished. That's okay. <sighs> oh my god, this might be a two-
two-parter, you guys. I don't know. So she reads through the rules and she has a few of them that she doesn't like. She's not comfortable taking money for clothes. She's not comfortable exercising four times a week. And he tries to argue with her and say, you know, you this is what I want. This is what I need you to do. Which again is not how you approach a negotiation. Again, like if the other person doesn't want to do something that is an absolute deal breaker for you, that's valid. You're allowed to walk away, but you're still not allowed to argue with them and say, no, I actually need you to do this because that's not how that works. And also, if it's not something that's a deal breaker for you, the response to, I don't want to do this is, fine, we're not going to do that. Or maybe, hey, what if we did it in a different way? How would you feel about that? Your response in a negotiation is never an argument. It's never, no, actually, you are going to do this because that's not okay. That's consent is important in King above all else, as it is important in any other context. Consent, you guys. Fucking consent above all else. So hard limits. I'm just going to read you his hard limits here real quick. No acts involving fire play. No acts involving urination or defecation and the products thereof. No acts involving needles, knives, piercing, or blood. No acts involving gynecological medical instruments. No acts involving children or animals. No acts that will leave any permanent marks on the skin. No acts involving breath control. No activity that involves the direct contact of electric current, whether alternating or direct, fire or flames, to the body. And the reason I read this out to you is, one, because her first reaction is, wow, he has to write these down? Any sane person wouldn't want to be involved in this sort of thing, surely. Uh, incorrect. Fireplay is a kink. A lot of people are into it. Uh, urination and defecation and the products thereof. Absolutely people are into that. Uh, needles, knives, piercing, or blood. Again, people are into that gynecological medical instruments. That's a huge fucking kink. Oh my god. Lots of people are into that. No acts that will leave any permanent marks on the skin. People are into that. Kinky tattoos, kinky piercings. People are into that. Uh, breath control. Yeah. <laughs> Huge fucking kink. That's like, you know, choking is like one of the kinks that even vanilla people kind of joke about. It's like considered sort of an entry-level kink, which it probably shouldn't be because it's incredibly easy to make it incredibly dangerous. But anyway, that's another rant for another day. The direct contact of electrical current, fire or flames to the body. Again, fire play is a kink. Electrostim is a kink. There are all kinds of electrical toys and instruments that are designed to safely deliver electrical current to the body and it's a lot of fun and you will notice anyone who has been listening carefully will notice that i skipped one no acts involving children or animals this one sticks out to me because everything else on that list is a valid kink that can and is performed between two or more consenting adults however children and animals cannot consent. Therefore, anything involving children or animals is not kink. It is either pedophilia or bestiality, respectively. Now, let me be clear. Pet play is not bestiality. Pet play is a kink, and it is done, again, between two or more consenting human adults. Age play is not pedophilia. Age play is done between two or more consenting adults. However, if we are involving actual, real-life children, that's pedophilia, that's illegal, children cannot consent. If we are involving actual, real-life animals, that's bestiality, that's illegal, animals cannot consent. So therefore, 
Those are not kinks. Those are acts of sexual assault because not all parties can consent. And as soon as not all parties can consent, it becomes assault. It becomes rape. The fact that Christian and by proxy E.L. James included bestiality and pedophilia in amongst a list of valid kinks says a lot about Christians and by proxy E.L. James's ignorance of what does and does not constitute actual kink and how important consent is to actual kink, which does not bode well for the kink in the rest of this series. But also, the rest of that hard limits uh, list, those are all actual kinks. Those are all completely valid if you want to involve yourself in those. And it does not make you any less of a sane person, contrary to what Anna thinks. Oh, and again, you know, taking Anna's side slightly for one moment, I can see how a completely sheltered vanilla person can look at that list and go, whoa, why would anyone want to light themselves on fire? Holy shit, why would anyone want to pee on someone? I get it. Those are very strong taboos. Which again is why it's a terrible idea to introduce someone to kink by just dropping a list of kinks in front of them and going, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. Ease them into it. Help them do some research and also let them do some research on their own. Which brings me to my next point, which is once Anna is done reading over this, he Christian asks, is there anything you'd like to add? Knowing full well that she's not kinky at all. She has made it perfectly clear that she has no idea what kink is or how it's done or or what the possibilities even are for what kinks are and what kink looks like. Come on, dude. Let her do her own research before you put her on the spot like that. And, and there's even, I'm not going to read the whole exchange, but there's like a little exchange where she's like, I don't know if I want to add anything. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know? Like, bro, what do you mean? What does she mean? She doesn't know what the fuck she, she is so far out of her depth right now. Like, let her figure some shit out. Come on. And finally, the chapter closes on her admitting that she's a virgin and Christian's reaction is anger. He's like, why the fuck didn't you tell me? Bro. Because that's none of your fucking business when or if she discloses that she is a virgin. Like, that's her shit. And like, okay, yeah, maybe it might be a good idea to like mention that before you fuck for the first time so that, you know, you kind of know what you're dealing with. But that's her choice. It's her life. It's her sexual history. She gets to choose what, if anything, she reveals about herself and what that timeline looks like. And you do not get to act all fucking indignant about her not telling you that. You are not entitled to any knowledge about her. That is on her to decide what she shares with you. And it's it's just another moment of him being incredibly entitled to her and, and just feeling like he owns her before she has agreed to fucking anything. And it pisses me off. Oh my god. Okay, that's where the chapter ends. This is a long one, folks. If you hung out with me this long, thank you. <laughs> I am gonna go get a fucking cough drop right now because my throat is so upset at me for all the yelling I've been doing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's rant. My name is Lee. 
you can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist. You can find my sex work related social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. Speaking of links, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link, where you can support this podcast monthly in return for some fun, exclusive content. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and trust me, I get it, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a blog post, do whatever you do to spread the word about this humble podcast that would be so, so appreciated. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack that is risk aware consensual kink. is dry from yelling as usual and go like maybe watch some cat videos on youtube or something to like calm myself the fuck down because holy shit this was a lot and there's only gonna be more from here on out ah that's all for me folks until next time remember your rack <coughs> boy okay i'm gonna take that again my voice is giving out a lot.